first question that I ask is, who are you? I'm Yao Wenchang. That's it? Yeah. So who is Yao Wenchang? Yao Wenchang, it's a person. She did a lot of things, like the others, like you know, going through schooling, working, and she also lived a part of life on a sidetracked kind of path. The sidetrack is just like uh, I am neurotic, psychotic, and physically handicapped. Quick note, Yawn is not using these terms in the layman's casual way. Like, oh, I was psycho yesterday when I lost my phone. No. The volcanoes, they were going off. The earthquakes, tsunami, catastrophes everywhere. And accidents were happening. And the, the demons were coming. They were doing all these things. Saturn and God, they were alliance. They were together. And they were beaten down by this demonic force. And then at some point, they all died. The entire world died. God is dead. Saturn is dead. Buddha is dead. Pope was dead. Everybody dead. Those not yet dead, they didn't know they are dying. That was in New York City in 2003. Let's start at the beginning. I started my mental career as someone with depression since when I was in junior high school. And with depression, I'm talking about major depression when all you want to do is just nothing. You don't want to move. You want to cry for no reason and you want to die. In junior high school, uh, we have to prepare for the joint senior high school entrance exam. And I think it was the stress that made the, the, the major depression really went into full blown. But I was not uh, diagnosed, and I had no idea. I was a good student, but I was so depressed and not motivated to the extent that I actually, one day in a math class, the teacher gave out a piece of, uh, like a, gave us a test exam and told us to do it. I t- pick it up. I took a look at it. And I just put my head down on the desk and look outside of the window. I happened to have a window seat. And outside, it was beautiful. That's, I, but I didn't feel beautiful. I just feel dissociated from the world. I feel, I didn't feel anything. At the end of the time, she called me she called my name. She said, Yao Wen, um, why don't you come up and solve this question? I stood up. I looked at her emotionlessly. I said, I didn't do that. And I sat down. And it was amazing because the teacher did not react to anything. She just let it go. I was not diagnosed at that point. 
and I didn't know I was depressed, and I do know something was wrong about me, and somehow I did not die. So in high school, it came up again, and I didn't want to talk to people. I didn't want to interact with people, and I was just like. Uh, I remember in the night I was listening to my ICRT. It's called International Community Radio Taipei. And then some song came out, and I started crying, crying, crying for no reason. I was just like sneezing, all different kinds of fluid flowing, and tissue after tissue. But I apparently am still alive. I still was not diagnosed. So in college, I was at the National Taiwan University, the psychology department. Two of my uncles uh, were schizophrenics, and I myself, at that point, I sort of figured out there's something wrong with my head. So I want to understand. I was having suicidal thoughts, and I w w went into depression and came up and went down and came up again. And the good thing is, we have the what you call that office, counselor's office, which is just like you know, right in our department. So I went in, and I spoke with um, with one of the counselor, and she said, "It's like you know, you have depression." And she said, "You might want to consider taking medication." And my teacher herself, she is a clinical psychologist, so of course I would talk to my professor. And like you know, I was a depressive in the psychology department. It was wonderful <laughs> and resourceful. Yeah, <clears throat> but I somehow pulled through. Things was going up and down and up and down. I survived because I'm still talking now. In college, Yawen takes an exchange year at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Then she heads to New York City for graduate school. My onset started at Y2K, and then I had my first first major episode, my real onset episode. In 2001, so who says there's no white tooth cave bug? I've got it, <laughs> and I actually I didn't know I was psychotic. I un I was still working. I was working on my dissertation. I was working on my jobs. I was doing data analysis, and I was so totally delusional. I think it was on a Saturday afternoon when I went to school to work, and I thought I heard radio in an office, and I was very annoyed because they were constantly reporting about me, and say things about me and talking about my progress in. The report, marketing report, I was working on, and finally I put my ear. To the door, of the to to the door to the office, and I realized there was no sound at all. And I went looking around. I said, maybe there's somebody outside in the hallway, that's talking. Nobody. I was the only person in that computer lab, 
the day before, I went to see my shrink. And I have been seeing my psychiatrist for a long time because of my depression. And he said to me, I told him about the stress I was encountering. Like all the, like how people were, some people were saying all the good thing about me, supporting me, some are trying to oppress me. And it's like too much to handle. And my psychiatrist, not say she said, those were delusions. The awards they were going to give you, the degree, the job, the whole thing, the going out that was going out in the entire university area, college area, Manhattan, even in New Jersey, everywhere. Nobody knows you. Those are delusions. But I, I, I said, delusion? Psychotic? I am not one of them. I studied psychology. With all this, and I thought I have a no stigma. I do not stigmatize people with mental health problems because I am one of them. But then when the time comes, when like, you know, those are delusions. I was you. You, I thought to myself, you are part of the conspiracy. Back to the second day, the Saturday when everybody continued to talk about me and uh, I figure out we are not psychotic. We are just telepathic. And this ability is interfering with our ability to concentrate. For two hours, I couldn't focus on the work because my focus kept getting dragged by those voices, those things they were talking about me, and they were precise. I was listening to them, and then they say that, oh, now she is paying attention to us. I was like, how on earth do they know that? And then I was I think I would think to myself, it seems like, you know, it's so distracting. And then they would say, oh, now it is distracting her. And then I walk on my own two feet into the psychiatric emergency ward of the St. Luke's Hospital. I said, I need to be locked up. And it was the social worker who was the first one who interviewed me. Then they put me in this, um, uh, what do you call, waiting room. I was uh, lying in bed, the door was closed, and outside were two nurses. Sometimes they were talking, and I knew they were talking about me, about the entire scandal of all the things I have been doing for all that time. Might just be a manifestation of my psychosis, which was like, you know, they were like talking about it and about the gossip around. And then I was in there, the radio continued on, and it got louder and louder. I become more and more scared because I knew I am losing my mind in the sense that I'm losing my ability to concentrate because it was so loud.
and it doesn't stop. Later on, a resident psychiatrist came in to check on me, and I was so desperate. At that point, I always remember what I said to the doctor. I said, help me, help me. I am losing my cognition, and that's all that I have. And then she gave me a pill, like she prescribed a pill too, and then the nurse poured some water in, and I went, oh yes, to sleep. The thing about the psychotics is everything is a conspiracy. I had the opportunity to train myself to speak the truth about what's in my mind. I am neurotic, psychotic, and physically handicapped. Physically handicapped. In 2007, June 19th, one day in a meeting, I was on a chair. I was in the meeting. I sat on a chair, and the chair collapsed. The thing is, somebody tried to use, uh, you know, the stable guns to fix the chair, and it finally got loose. And I'm the kind of person, somehow, like you know, the worst can come, but like the best never come to me. It's like. <laughs> Other people might not, might just, oh, well, hurt a bit and walk out of it. But I could not climb stairs. I, I mean, I was, I had a pain from neck down. My, my, my spine like, you know, fucked up. And my knees also were fucked up. I couldn't move. I was on total disability. Like, I tried so hard every day. I got out. I wanted to move. I said, I'm a person with willpower. Oh, yes, I'm a person with willpower. What would take the other one month? I'm going to get it done in two weeks. Voila, that didn't happen. This was already, like, you know, after six months. One day on the street, there was this grandma with the walker and me with the can, the young gun with the can. We were walking parallel towards the same direction, and I lost the race. <laughs> that was something. When I told my friends, they were laughing their head off. And I could only laugh because it's a little bit too pathetic. 80-year-old grandma on a walker walking faster than me? I was a workaholic before the accident. A workaholic suddenly out of work, out of mental capacity because it, went all, it all went out to process pain and out of the ability to do anything. At some point, I was going into depression. I wanted to go into the, to go jumping into the Hudson River. Except for the way I walk, I could barely get to the riverside. 
and uh, also like it wouldn't be too nice to people who would go to the riverside park to enjoy the view they say like you know the floaters do not float until maybe like one two weeks later if there's a couple and the guy is trying to propose to the lady and say that uh, would you marry me and the lady suddenly look far seeing the floater putrid ran see the floater up on the husband and say oh no how bad would that be in vancouver i was enrolled in this diploma program in guidance counseling the courses that I have taken, they were useful in the sense that uh, they provide me with perspectives to cope with a life that I say was a pretty fucked up by that. You know, Viktor Frankl, his logotherapy, existential therapy, the fact that he was talking about like you know we all are gonna die alone and of course like we all gonna die so just like you know make the best use of of the present of whatever you have just do something use what you have this has been yawen Curious. Is that it? You can pick as many as you want. Huh? Oh. <laughs> Curious. Yeah. You can just pick one, that's fine. Okay. Curious. I like it. If you liked this episode, share it. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Write a review of the podcast and or donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash identityconversations. Andrew did, and as such, he gets this shout out. Andrew, you are awesome. Curiosity. I don't know. Anything else? Good for me? Right now we're listening to Of the Mountains from Dan Deacon live at Primavera Sound. Earlier in this episode, we heard Holographic Universe and Maniac Cop by Charlie Salas Humara and 132 Tomcat Beat and 127 Bass with Bug and Perk by Bauchomp. You can get all these tracks on freemusicarchive.org or follow the links on our website. Curious. Yeah. Somehow I can think of anything else. I guess that's how, that's who Yao Wen Chang is.